Okay, this is Igris, and the letter that we are looking at today is from our volume, once again, back to our regular schedule, uh, volume 28, we're in the year Tavshin Lam and Gimel, exactly 50 years ago, give or take a couple days, and we're looking at a letter from Rish Tamuz, which is not terribly far off, what's today, Yudches, Yudches Sivan, or more or less in the ballpark, this is a letter that essentially ended a publication dynasty, this is the letter that ended... Nikhil, can I just stop you for a second? Can we can we um, yeah. honor this learning for someone that needs it a complete refor shalema? Absolutely. Who's talking? Da- this is David Tilson. Oh, hi, David. Yeah. So it's David Nachman ben Yecheved Shifra. The learning is closer to refor shalema for David Nachman ben Yecheved Shifra. Was that it? Yes. Amen. 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 Refor shalema. Refor nefesh. Refor saguf. Thank you very much. Thank you. This was a uh, this was an edifice in Lubavitch. We're going to read a letter where the Rebbe is very unhappy with something they printed. And actually, this was the beginning of the end for the publication. Uh, after this letter, they tried to fix things up. The Rebbe didn't like how they fixed things up, and the Rebbe forcibly closed it. So we're going to see the uh, the end of a publication crash and burn right in front of us in the year Tavshin Lamed Gimel. Let me tell you a little bit about the publication, B'tan Chabad. Uh, B'tan Chabad was a quarterly that came out from uh, Agulcher at Israel. They put it out between Tavshin Yud Beis and Tavshin Lamed Gimel. So that's quite a long run. What's that like? Almost tw- a little more than 20 years, 21 years. This publication ran. It came out four times a year. They saw themselves as the continuation of Hatamim, and they advertised themselves that way. They were supposed to be Hatamim 2.0. For those of you who are not familiar with Hatamim, Hatamim was the <clears throat> uh, was the publication uh, supported by the Rebbeim, the um, the physical Rebbe invested his heart and soul into it, and the Rebbe did too. So Hatamim, uh, they, they, I, I have it like in, in a bound version in my house, but it came out, uh, the point being to uh, to spread Hasidus in more of a, uh, spread Hasidus and Hasidic stories, and Hasidus in a bit more of a, uh, in, of a periodical sort of format. And um, although that did not continue, uh, the Batan Chabad was supposed to be its uh, its successor. So the Rebbe gave them a lot of hairos throughout the years. He sent them money regularly. He participated in the, in the publication costs. The Rebbe was passionate about this project as well. <clears throat> it, uh, it went on initially for seven years from Yud Beis, Tavshin Yud Beis for seven years. 29 editions came out in the year Tavshin Yud Tes. It paused for a little bit. It restarted four years later. It had a reboot. And then it lasted another 10 years until our letter where the Rebbe shuts it down. Uh, every one of these editions, I looked up what they're made up of, just to give you an idea of what, of what you'd find in one. You can still get them, actually. It's a Chachma has the full collection. They're, they've been digitized. You can read them. Uh, each edition had a Sefer from the Rebbe. It had a piece of a Yuman from 770, a journal entry from someone who was there. It had translations of Likuti Diborim and Sefer Zichrenis from the Yiddish into Hebrew, so that Israeli audiences could enjoy the uh, the stories and the Sefer of the Friedrich Rebbe. It had sort of a section on Chabad house activities, not unlike a lot of what, Lubav- what Lubavitch International, I guess, does now, so a little bit of that, too. Uh, a nigun with sheet music, uh, specifically for David Poltrak. I'm just kidding. It wasn't just for him. Uh, a nigun with sheet music and also memories. Uh, Zichrenis from the times of the Rebbe Rashab. They had a few older chassidim there who were able to talk about their times with the Rebbe Rashab. So they had a section on Rebbe Rashab Zichrenis. <clears throat> now, the Rebbe takes this publication very seriously, as we've said. And, uh, and he's going to get so involved that eventually he tells them he'd rather they not publish it anymore. I want to give some possible background before we read the letter that might explain why the Rebbe was so passionate about this project specifically. Deher uh, somewhat recently put out an article on Hatamim revealing how much the Rebbe was involved in the publication. So officially the Rebbe was not involved in Hatamim at all, this original journal. Um, he's not mentioned by name in any of the publications, but the Friedrich Rebbe would always tell people that the Rebbe was running the show. The, the Friedrich Rebbe has one letter where he says, 
that the main editor of the journal lives overseas and doesn't say who it is, but it's understood he's referring to the Rebbe. In a letter that's been publicized a little bit that was sent to the uh, to, to the Rebbe, to Rebbe Chaim Moshka, the Friedrich Rebbe writes to his daughter that uh, through the work and devotion of your husband, um, this very important journal, Hatami Misun, going to be published. The Friedrich Rebbe writes that while on paper, the names of the editors are other people, the fact is that it is entirely the Rebbe's work. So he just didn't put his name on it, but it was entirely, Hatami was very much put out by our Rebbe. Uh, we didn't really know the extent to which the Rebbe worked on this, though, besides for hints, until Igris Kedish Volume 15 came out. In Igris Kedish Volume 15, they finally published a bunch of letters between the Rebbe and the Friedrich Rebbe, and in those letters, the Friedrich Rebbe is asking the Rebbe for his help with Hatamim, and the things he asks, the Rebbe was very much the line editor, the editor-in-chief, the, the editor who decided what went in. The Rebbe did everything. The Friedrich Rebbe asks him to edit every article, asks his opinion about uh, what should uh, what should be put on, what, what should be used on each subject. Like, I want to talk about this subject, what, what angle should we approach it from? Uh, he asked the Rebbe to put references and footnotes in all of the articles. He asked the Rebbe to proofread everything before it got published. He asked the Rebbe to go through and find contradictions or unclear points or places where footnotes might be needed in Hatamim. So the Rebbe was used to scouring the official Chabad publication, Hatamim, for mistakes. So he doesn't, that may be why he's so intolerant, if you'll allow me to use the word. But the Rebbe has such low tolerance for errors in Betayin Chabad, which is supposed to be the successor of Hatamim. Uh, they make mistakes and the Rebbe gets quite upset about it. So we have a letter here where the Rebbe writes that uh, after a long after a long delay, he's finally getting uh, he's finally getting an addition from them, and he's unhappy with it. In order to understand what the Rebbe is referring to, though, we have to go back just a year before that to Tavshin Lamed Beis. The first letter we're going to look at today is not from our years, from Tavshin Lamed Beis. It's a short letter where the Rebbe says he's very unhappy with the with Betan Chabad. This is letter Yud Tav Ayin, which is printed in volume 27. The Rebbe says, although I've mentioned this several times, uh, it looks to me like the editors are not editing the material at all. The Rebbe says that it looks to me like no one's doing anything around here. Because he wants some examples of major mistakes that have snuck into Betan Chabad. He says, there's a letter that you print about tzedakah. I went to look at what the Rebbe is talking about here because they printed both the letter, they printed the letter that he's referring to in Igris Kedish, and I also found it in the archives for Betan Chabad. What they did was they took a small excerpt of the letter that was missing so much context that you couldn't figure out what the Rebbe was saying. So they, they just sloppily cut a piece of a letter and threw it in without the necessary context. The Rebbe was very unhappy about this. Benny none of the Chapez Migrais, I'm not looking for fault, the Rebbe says, this is just a glaring error. The Rebbe says, I would like until you can find somebody who's willing to take responsibility for the editing and for all of the material in this publication, please stop publishing. So this is the first time the Rebbe hints, this is in Tavshin Lama Beis, the first time the Rebbe hints that he might shut down this publication if they can't find somebody willing to edit it properly. It says, In addition to the very obvious uh, and surprising problems that I mentioned above, like the first example with this letter regarding tzedakah, <coughs> also on first glance, if anybody's even looking. You see, the, see what he puts in the parentheses? On first glance, if you're even glancing, said, you gave an explanation, um, you gave an explanation on a paragraph from a sicha that I gave on Shabbos. What had happened here is there's a footnote that tries to explain it, but I had to look this one up too. It's a little bit vague. But uh, the Rebbe gave a talk on a Friday night 
And after the Friday night sicha, the Friday night sicha went long, so he said he was going to do Keshav Bracha the following day. He wasn't going to do Keshav Bracha at night. But the way they printed it in B'tayin Chabad suggested that the Rebbe had decided that they like, weren't going to do Kiddush Friday night because the talk went long. And the Rebbe is very upset with the wording there because it sounds like he did something usher. So he tells them uh, he tells them how he would like it to be published. If you look down here, I think they uh, in, he, he, he sent them in the later part of the letter the way that it should have been written is that since the Pabrengen went long, we decided to do Keshav Bracha the following day. Not that we didn't make Kiddush that night. So the Rebbe is just very unhappy with the implications, the way that they're writing, and he tells them they need to start editing. I, uh, I, sh- I didn't get to show you the picture I brought. Look at that. Have you seen this one before? I'd never seen this picture. This is a picture of the Friedrich Rebbe smiling over Hatam. The Rebbe cared about these publications turning out well, and when they didn't turn out well, they were quite upset. Okay. <laughs> I decided to use a visual today. Those listening at home won't know the picture. Okay, looking at our letter, Tav Shin Lam and Gimel, he writes to them about their next edition. I think they hope to publish again on Yudbeis Tamos, but they published this. So I got a copy of what you just published in B'tayin Chabad. Before I tell you what's wrong with this, I'm paraphrasing. Before I comment on this, I want to give you an overall view of, uh, of how I see B'tayin Chabad. B'tayin Chabad, Matim says that this magazine needs to live up to its name, Mela Muvenas Achrayas, since it is the uh, the Chabad publication. It should be understood that there's an incredible responsibility, not just a responsibility, but a great schos, which should make you pay even more attention. Specifically, we need to be uh, we need to be addressing people who are looking to find pretext against us, not people who are malabed schos. Meaning that if somebody writes something poorly, people who want to understand them almost certainly will. You, we, we've had this experience before. People will, uh, will, uh, people will get up in front of a crowd and they'll say something, and they spoke. Perhaps their grammar wasn't perfect, or perhaps their, uh, or perhaps their delivery wasn't perfect. But those of us who love the person and care about the person, we want to understand them, so we read the explanation into them. That's true. The mladim skos, you don't need to have it right for them. You need to have it right for the people who want to jump down your throat. So he's saying, we're trying to respond. When you're writing, you have to respond. This is just very good writing advice. He said, when you're writing, you need to respond to people who are looking for a pretext against you, not people who are trying to read into what you're saying. This is advice that I, that I used, to give, uh, used to give students at the Kolel where I was teaching them how to write in English. You can't, uh, you can't hope your audience will like you. You have, to, you, have to, uh, you have to be convincing even to somebody who doesn't want to hear you out. So just excellent writing advice. Anyway, I lost my place. Okay. Says, of course, you need to be extra careful when it comes to printing anything that has to do with our Rebbeim. Says, because this is a very simple point, I don't need to spend a lot of time discussing it with you, especially since I've already told you about this many times and you've already promised that you're going to do better many times. So we've already been through this. Nonetheless, he says, I see all over the place uh, a steer to what I, a steer to these rules. I see that this publication is breaking those rules constantly. He says, let me just look at the most egregious example, the most damaging thing that you put in this publication, and maybe you can, uh, and uh, maybe we can, uh, I can point out some of the problems. Okay. So the Rebbe points out what he's most upset about in this most recent publication. You printed a story about the Alter Rebbe, can move on to Belihidas Kalmakar. And of course, you didn't put a source. I mean, because of course, no source. And he's just, the Rebbe is clearly very frustrated with this publication. You see it from these parentheses. 
שפסק דין, שפסק דין, שבסק קשה ואחר כך, אפי בקשה זה שח, חזה וטריפו, ועל ידי זה כל עיר לא יאכלו בסק באיזה שבס קדש, ועינת התכלס ידי, זה תכל לפי ערך, דבר בסמורייזי, כי אני לא יודע את זה בפני, אבל זה יותר מלאס הסטורי על אלתא רבא, קשרים ושפרים משהו, על הרכבת של השח, הוא לא היה עליו, וסו, לא ימידי, ואתה נראה את זה, אתה 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 נראה את זה, even if you were rushing um, and uh, and given that this has been a problem in the past he also thinks that maybe it could be a problem of gazela because the alphabet is uh, is trafing meat that should be kosher and he says uh, he says I can't imagine this is going to change in the future that's sort of a sequel of the following paragraph the reason why I'm rushing through this is because if you want to see what really happened I found the old battalion Chabad that printed this so what we have here is the story I'm not going to read it but I'll summarize and go through like this maybe I'll read it I says in Betan Chabad that's a story from the Rebbe Marash however this is not sourced anywhere in the Rebbe Marash that once upon a time in Liadi they shechted a certain animal in Erev Shabbos a Shaila came up and it was a Shaila that comes down to a difference between a Taz and a Shach the Taz would have made Machshir and the Shach would have made Matriv so the Shach says it's kosher and the Taz says I got it backwards the Taz says that it's kosher and the Shach says it's trait The Rav of the city decided to pass him like the Shach and told everybody no meat for Shabbos. But when the Shaila came to the Al-Tarebbe, he said we should hold like the Taz and everybody in the city had meat for Shabbos. Then Shemena Esrem Mincha Erev Shabbos, the Al-Tarebbe is davening super long. At the end of it, at the end of a super long Mincha davening, he tells everybody, sorry, I was wrong, your meat's totally treif. Don't eat any of your meat this Shabbos. This surprised everybody a lot. And made to Shabbos, Rebbe Yesef ben Amagid Milibavitch, which is Rebbe Yosel de Magid's, Uh, asked the Al-Tarebbe to explain himself, and the Al-Tarebbe explained himself. He said that in the middle of his Mincha davening, the Shach appeared to him. The Shach was not alive anymore. And the reason why the Shach appeared to him, apparently, is because souls on Erev Shabbos, they come to get a Tikkun on Erev Shabbos, and the Shach was coming to get a Tikkun. Now, why would a holy Tzaddik like the Shach need a Tikkun? Because the Al-Tarebbe had not Paskin like him, and thereby had disenfranchised him. So his Neshama didn't have the Aliyah that was necessary. The Al-Tarebbe felt very bad about this and said, fine, I'll Paskin like you to get your Neshama and Aliyah. And indeed, the Mitle Rebbe later on visited the Al-Tarebbe in his room and had to wait outside the door for a little while. And the reason why he had to wait outside the door was because the Shach was in there thanking the Al-Tarebbe for the Aliyah's Neshama. Now, the Rebbe says this is ridiculous. As the story comes out of nowhere, it sounds like the Al-Tarebbe is wrong. It sounds like the Al-Tarebbe changed a Psaq to help a Neshama out. It sounds like he got something through a, through a dream or through a vision, which you're not allowed to pass him based on. It sounds like maybe by trafing all the meat, there's a Chashash Gazela. So he writes all these in Yonam in our letter to them, saying that the, the story makes no sense. I don't know how you would publish this, and certainly how you would publish it without saying, hey, I'm not so sure about this. They wrote a response, and uh, the way they wrote a response is interesting. They, uh, in, the, in, the, in the next edition of Tan Chabad, they reframed the Rebbe's questions as a reader question, even though the reader never asked the question. So what they did was, they, they, they made like a, uh, what do you call it when people write into the editor? Letters to the editor. They wrote a letter to the editor framing the Rebbe's questions over here, and then uh, it's on your screen, and then they proceeded to give line-by-line answers to the Rebbe's questions. So they don't say they're wrong. What they do is, instead of admitting they're wrong, they try to schlug up the Rebbe by turning the Rebbe into a letter to the editor that they schlug up, which is just a very interesting tactic. They say that it's a, it's, they bring Makaris here that it's not a problem to pass in based on a dream and they have all sorts of sources. And then uh, in the second paragraph, they say that it's not a gazela at all because it's Hefker based in Hefker. They basically, they go again, they go after the Rebbe's questions. I, I don't know why this was their approach. Um, the, I, I guess maybe there was kind of a mutual frustration here. It's just hard to imagine. But uh, they did not do anything to the Rebbe's satisfaction. So in a letter that is from volume Tavshin Chavtes, we have it on our page in front of us, it's the letter Yud, Tav Tav, Kuf, Pei, Zion. Um, from Tavshin Lamed Dalet, excuse me, it's Chelek Chof 
test. Tavshin Lamedalit, he writes to them and says, I'm closing this shop down forever. And he starts it by saying that, uh, that, um, the Rebbe says, I'm really not trying to upset you. I'm also not trying to give you Moser, but, uh, this isn't being done properly. And he says, and he says, especially after the whole storm about this Altadeba story, I thought your next editions would be more careful, but I'm still finding all sorts of very serious problems, specifically in the response that you wrote. And then I'm not going to read it because it's a long letter. He goes through each of the points they wrote in their response to their fabricated letter to the editor and and, and slugs up all of their responses. So yeah, they're going back and forth over this issue, but not for any purpose. I don't know why. I, 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 I'm, I'm not very sensitive to the writers in this, uh, in, in this particular scenario. Okay. He says, I don't suspect that anybody's trying to sabotage this publication. And I'm sure nobody forgot the whole discussion we had before. And nonetheless, you published this. He goes, it's clear from the fact that you're still writing this way, despite the fact that I'm sure that you're worried about the fact that I keep on telling you you're doing it wrong. I'm sure you guys didn't forget. I'm sure you're not trying to sabotage. So if it's coming out bad, it must be that it's not within your ability to do it well. Um, and with that, because we're, uh, let's go down here. We in Badas, me, uh, goes, and if you really want to put this out, you're going to need an editor in charge of things. That's his final hero. Until you find an editor who can meet my expectations, don't put out any more publications. And indeed, they did not. They uh, they had a couple. They had a they had a possible editor, Yehuda Mon, Yeshua Monshine. He was going to do it. They went to him, and, and Yeshua Manshain said back to them that he wouldn't have seen any problem with the story, so with the story about the Alta Rebbe, so clearly he's not the right editor. So they never found the right editor, and uh, from that point on, from the Rebbe telling them, until you find somebody who can meet my expectations, don't publish, they in fact never published again. So this is the story of the rise and fall of Batayin Chabad. I think it has a, a couple lessons here for us, specifically for those involved in publishing. And actually, we do have some people here, even possibly on this year, but certainly people who listen regularly, who are involved in publishing uh, official things under the name of Chabad. The Rebbe expects them to be uh, close to, if not at the quality of Hatamim itself. Uh, the Rebbe expects very careful line editing. He expects a polished job. And uh, specifically, when it comes to telling stories of the Rebbe, something I think we all do. We all tell stories of the Rebbe, stories of the Rebbe, and we tell them in the WhatsApp group, we tell them at Fabrengans. The Rebbe wants them to tachlis a diok, and if they are stories that reflect poorly or strangely on Chabad, they need to be, uh, they need to be taken with a grain of salt. I think um, a lot of us perhaps are a little too fast and loose with our Rebbe stories without realizing that they could be misinterpreted, and that the Rebbe is telling us, especially when telling Rebbe stories or stories about Rebbeim to the general public, uh, at, at, in, in, in forums where a lot of people can read them or a lot of people can see them, there needs to be particular care taken to make sure that very strange stories are well-sourced and that even then they're explained fully because we wouldn't want people to think that something us or inappropriate had been going on. Okay, that's it.